Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. I often say in this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His vessel. What I want to do today, and I really have asked the Holy Spirit to do this because I really want this to be clear, I am going to be very intentional in speaking at a slower pace and taking you to the Word, not just quoting the Word, but I want you to go there with me. And I want you to underline these scriptures because my goal is that after this is over, I want you to revisit these scriptures. I'm asking you to revisit them and let God seal His Word in your heart so that you will have the power within you to do everything God's called you to do. Now, I'm not talking about called you ministry-wise, called you to live holy. He has called us to live holy. Why? So that at His coming, we will be blameless before Him. It takes the grace of God to do that. So, you get your Bibles ready, get a pen. This is what I want to do today. No doubt that we are at different levels in our understanding of the Word and appropriating the Word in our life. But what I want to do for some of you today is that I want to fan the flame of fire within you. That fire that is already lit, I want the Word of God to fan it so it becomes a blaze, blazing within you. For some of you, I just want to exhort you to live holy. Leave that habitual sin behind and live holy so that you are blameless at His coming. I want to encourage you in the Word of God that the grace of God will do that for you. And for some of you, I want to empower you that you can live and do exceedingly, abundantly above what you can think or even do by the power of God's grace through your life. So wherever that fits you, you receive it. Because let me tell you, the truth of the matter is, and we quote this scripture all the time in Philippians 4.13, that you, this is you, you can put your name above that. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. you got to believe that by faith. But what you got to know is how. And today's message, today's teaching will tell you how. It'll tell you right from the Word of God. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, the writer tells us that we should rejoice always. Listen, do you rejoice every day? <laughs> Even if things hit you blindsided, well, the Word says that we can be assured that we can rejoice. That means to have joy. Even whatever is going on, we can rejoice. Well, how can we do this? The one answer is grace. It's God's grace. We've got this biblical definition and understanding of grace, but let's think about practically, how is grace going to help me live today? Because no doubt some of you are on the edge of your seat and you're saying, I just need to make it till sundown. Some of you are thinking, I got enough to make it till next week if I can get a little more fuel. And some of you said, I got this thing. 
But practically speaking, some of you, you're wondering, how can I keep managing my home when every which way I turn, there's an issue? There's something confronting me. I just can't seem to get things managed. For some of you, your job is taking you down. Your job is more than you can bear. How is it that you can continue to bear up under the circumstances of your job? For some of you, your children are rebellious. How do you get through this time? How do you take a rebellious child and turn them into obedient children? For some of you, you've got family members. It could be just one member. It could be many that are living in habitual sin. And you just don't know why they can't understand. Why can they not get it together? Let me tell you, practically, that's where some of you are. You know what your answer is? Grace. You know what their answer is? It is the grace of God. And your position, if it's someone else and not you, you need to pray grace for them. I'm going to tell you every day, the best that I can remember, every day of my life, I'm praying grace for somebody. I'm praying grace. Because you see, I can't go bail them out. I can't go do it for them. I can't get them on the right track, but grace can. Grace can do that. So why is it that grace can do all this? I'm going to tell you, the grace of God has everything to do with obedience, with obedience. I will never forget when I got this. Now listen, I've been in church all my life, been saved since I was about 33 years old, and I always heard about grace, 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 grace. But I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't until about 25 years ago I got it. And I got it through the power of the Holy Spirit. I will never forget sitting in a church. I was in a church. We were living in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And we were having a small women's group. And we were just sitting around in a circle and we were praying. I will never forget the minister's wife that was visiting was in our group. And we were just praying as we always pray, corporate prayer, women sitting around, sharing our hearts, just praying as the Holy Spirit led us. And this pastor's wife prayed this. She said, Father, would you give me grace to do what I need to do today as a wife and a mother? And I'm going to tell you something. She didn't define grace in her prayer. Uh, She just prayed that prayer. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit of God took the word that was in me and it brought life to what grace was. And I got it. I got. I can still see it today. I can still see us sitting around in the balcony of that church, but it was a rhema for me through a prayer by one woman praying grace. And I tell you, I got it and I have never forgotten it since what God's grace is. And I realized that what I was doing was I didn't understand God's grace and then I wasn't appropriating God's grace to my life. So you say, well, what was that? I want that. I want that understanding. Well, this is what I want to give to you because this lesson today is going to set some of you free of legalism, checking off all these rules, trying to go by the law, trying to be as good as your neighbor. But the first thing I want to do is put this teaching in context. Two things I want you to know, God did create you and God did call you. He created you and he called you, but it was not about you. It was all about Father God. Isaiah 43, 7, your purpose is to bring him glory. So he created you for that purpose. See, the problem was Romans three twenty three. we've all fallen short 
of that glory. We missed the mark. We missed it. We hadn't brought him glory. We didn't bring him glory early on, and even after we're saved, we sometimes fall short. We don't bring him glory. But God had a plan. God had a plan of salvation to go out there and redeem us and salvage us back to him. Why? So we could bring him glory. So that we would bring him glory. So go to 2 Thessalonians. I want you to see what grace has to do with salvation. Because you see, God knew that if you stayed out there lost, you wouldn't be able to fulfill your purpose. And so God had to go get you. God had to go out there so he could redeem you back to him. Why? So you could do the very thing he created you to do. So 2 Thessalonians 2, 14, it says, well, let me start with 13. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning, from the beginning, the beginning of time, chose you for what? For salvation. He chose you for salvation through sanctification. How? By the Spirit and belief in the truth to which He called you by our gospel. What? For obtaining the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. How were you saved? You were saved through grace. And God went out there and salvaged you, but why? To obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He called you to obtain that glory. So God is, was working all the time to go out there and bring you back to Him. So what has grace got to do with this? See, God went out there and saved you so that you could live for Him but you needed something to continue to walk. Number one, here's what grace is. Grace is the desire and the power to obey God. It is having the desire and the power to obey God. Now, I want you to understand this. I'm just trusting that you know how God made you to function like Him with a spirit. And that's the heart of man is the spirit. This desire and this power starts in your spirit, not in your head, not in your mind. It starts in your heart. Now, how do you get it? The spirit of the living God brings you power, brings you the desire so that you can hey, get saved and then you can walk in his glory. Now, I want to tell you the definition of grace according to the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Now, that's the only dictionary that I use because it was the first dictionary and it was written, the whole purpose of that dictionary was to define the words in the Word of God. And so they give meaning to the Word of God. So in 1828 Dictionary, grace is defined as a favorable influence of God. In other words, that tells me that God is influencing something. And it is favor. It is favor. Now listen to this. This is so amazing. Get this. It is the influence of the Spirit in renewing the heart and restraining from sin. That's the Spirit of the living God coming to renew my spirit 
and restrain me from sinning. When that happens, what's the result? It's God's glory. And that's why you were here, to bring him glory. So that tells me you need what? Grace. You need God's grace to be able to do it. You'll never do it in your own power. This is why so many people feel like failures. They don't know what to call on. You call on God's grace. Now, here's what Scripture says in defining grace. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 10. And Paul, talking to the church, as he would talk to us today, he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. In other words, is he who he is because of his intellect, of his family, his money? No, it's by the grace of God. He is who he is. And his grace, God's grace toward me, was not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I that labored, but the grace of God which was with me. Did you get that? Paul says the only reason I am what I am is by the grace of God. And he said it wasn't me. He said it was the grace of God that was in me. So, The grace of God is an activity of God in me that produces work. See, the grace of God produces something. But it's the grace of God that is doing it. Now, flip on over to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And he said, this is Jesus talking, he said, my grace, what? My grace is sufficient for who? For you, let me tell you, it is sufficient for every one of us. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may do what? Rest upon me. You see, there's a power of God that dwells in me that makes me strong. This is why Jesus, this is why Jesus was able to walk pure and holy. It's because what was working in him? The grace of God. It was a power working in him that he was able to be perfect. So why did Jesus, why did he always have the will to obey God? Turn to John 1, 14. This is so good. And the Word became flesh. What was that? The Word became flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld what? His glory. See, Jesus, when He became flesh, He was full of what? Glory. He represented that glory. He had that aurora of glory. Everything that God was, Jesus was. And people identified with that. They saw it. They recognized it. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, He was full of what? Grace and truth. Why was He always displaying glory? He was full. His Spirit was full of grace. God, the Heavenly Father, when Jesus, the Word, became flesh, 
God gave him grace, filled him up with grace, so everything that he would do here on earth would reflect God's glory. So how is it that we are going to accomplish our purpose and reflect God's glory? we got to get full of grace. we just got to get full of grace. And to get full of grace, i got to empty me of self. I got to get me out of the way. I got to get my power, my intellect, my strength, my sufficiency out of the way. This is what Paul said. Not that I'm sufficient of myself to think anything of myself, but my sufficiency is of who? Of Christ, of Him. Why? Because of the grace of God. You get full of grace. We all say He's full of Himself, isn't He? Well, what we need to do is say, Father, He needs to be full of grace. Fill him with grace. Fill her with grace. Fill them with grace. You see, grace in the Old Testament was used different than grace in the New Testament because grace became known to us in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, the word grace is different. It means to be gracious, to be merciful. You remember Psalm 51? When David knew that he had fallen short of God's glory, what did he pray out of a repentant heart? He said, have mercy upon me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. In other words, have mercy on me. In other words, he was saying, have favor on my life. Don't give me what I deserve. And so many times in the Old Testament, when you see the word used like that, it's meaning the merciful of God, having mercy, not giving us the consequences of the sin that we deserve. God intervening on our behalf and having compassion on us. In the New Testament, it is a different word. It is cherished, and it's used 170 times. Now, let me tell you something. That means it's important. That means we need to understand it and appropriate it in our life. So point number two, grace comes, or it is realized through Jesus Christ. Back in John chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses. See, they just came out of the Old Testament, and they had the law. And to be righteous, they said, you got to follow the law. God was showing them, you can't be righteous by following the law, because no man can follow this law. And so he is showing what you really need is Jesus. And he says, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, grace having the desire and the power to obey God, came to us through who? Jesus. It came to us through Jesus Christ. Grace makes all the difference whether you live in life or death, spiritual life or spiritual death. I believe it with everything within me. Turn to Romans 5. Again, talking to the church, us today, Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as one man, sin entered the world. Who was that? Adam. And death through sin, death entered the world through sin. That was when man first fell short of God's glory. Adam messed up. And thus death spread to who? Just a few, a select group. All men because all sin. 
So we all were dead. We were born after the sin came into the world. So we have death. If you're dead, what do you need? You need life. So look at verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abound, sin over here with Adam and Eve and everybody after it, even me, where sin abound, what does it say? Grace abound much more. There's a way out of this sin mess. There is a way out of this sin mess. And it's what? The abounding grace. The abounding grace. And it's saying that we all need it because we were all born after the nature of Adam, dead in our spirit. But we need life. And so life comes to us, verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through who? Jesus Christ. So the way to get your dead spirit alive is that you need God's grace on your life, salvation to come through Jesus Christ. Do you see how critical grace is? And it is grace that will allow you to reign in righteousness because he's called us to live righteous. See, in the Old Testament under the law, the law was given so they would be righteous, but they couldn't live righteous because they couldn't keep the law. So we needed Jesus Christ and through God's grace, we get Jesus Christ and now we can be what? Righteous. But is it us? It is Christ in us through the grace of God working that we might live righteous. So grace is God's favor on you. It is God saying, I'm not going to leave you dead. I want you to have life so you'll bring me glory. So I'm going to pour my grace on you. I'm going to have favor on you so that by the power of the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit will give you the desire to obey me and live righteous. And I'll save your life. I've been trying to do all this myself. I just need grace. I need to get out of the way and pray for God's grace. I pray God's grace every day on my family. See, my flesh would want to go do it for them. But I know God's grace knows exactly what to give them the desire for today. God's grace knows exactly how much power to zap on them today so that they can bear up under their circumstances and obey the voice of God. So all I have to do is sit home in my prayer closet and just pray for grace. Pray for grace. Now, I'm not trying to minimize it when I say that. I say that because I believe it. So you got to believe it. you got to believe God's Word you got to believe by faith that when you pray for grace, I just picture, I'm just going to tell you, this is just true. I'm in my prayer closet, and I'm praying for grace for my husband, for my daughters. I mean, I'm praying for grace. And I just, now listen, I get a picture of this, and I'm going to get to heaven, and God's going to say, now, Joel, it really wasn't like that, but it was okay. I just, I like to get a visual. I picture God with a tea pitcher just going over there, And just pouring grace on my husband's head. Pouring grace on my daughter's head. In other words, they're saying, I don't want to do that. I know that's what God wants me to do. And God just pours grace. And they say, you know, I think I do want to do that. (laughs) I 
I said, I don't understand it, but I think I do want to do that, but I just can't. And then God just pours some more grace. I think I can bear up under this. Something, just something in me tells me I can do this. What is it? It's God's grace. But what released that grace? The prayers. By faith. I just sit back and I just believe that God does it. I believe He does it because I believe He will do that. Why? He wants to do that. That's why He put us here is to bring Him glory. And so, what grace begins in your life, grace will continue in your life. It is grace that brought you the salvation. So now that you're in a position to bring God glory, it is grace that will continue it. See, what happens is we get saved by God's grace, but then we step over here and we keep living in our own power and our own strength. And then we get ourselves in a mess and we slip up and we think there's no way out and we try to get ourselves out by our own power and our own strength and we forget about the grace that just saved us. We forget about it. We don't even pray for it. We don't even pray for it. And God is in heaven saying, pray for grace, pray for grace. I'm going to pour my grace. Just ask me. I'll pour it on you. But we just keep trying to do it in our own power, in our own strength. Number three, grace is working in your life before salvation. Even before you got saved, grace was working in your life. Now, if you just think about the love of God and think that God wants to bring you from death to life, I mean, that's enough just to know that. You know that. But turn to Romans 5. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by what? Faith. It was your faith that God said, okay, I'm going to pour grace. So he's waiting to pour grace, but it's your faith that turns the tea pitcher, turns the grace pitcher on you. We have peace with God through who? Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. See, God has an abundance of grace in heaven. And He's waiting to bestow it on your life. But it's by your faith, believing that that's what you need, and by your faith asking Him, He is waiting. He is waiting to give you access to it which we stand and rejoice in hope in the glory of God. So it's your faith that you have to appropriate and believe it. Let me tell you, I don't have any problem believing it because I tell you, I got to a point in my life, it didn't matter. If the Word said it, that was it. You have to believe that this Word is the authority of God. You have to believe that. But if you're coming and just seeing what God thinks about, you are wavering between two opinions and you are lacking in faith. And you have to believe this word. You see, grace is God's job, faith is yours. You just got to believe it. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His Vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334-356-4478. And my prayer is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. 
as you seek to become his vessel.